Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another Arsenio Buck Show podcast. And boy, today we got the whole tapping into the power of myth, choosing heroes. You know, Robert Kiyosaki, he put himself in uh, in a particular state of mind, whereas if he was negotiating a deal, he would think of like he would subconsciously start acting with the bravado of somebody he looked up to. Or perhaps when he was analyzing a trend, he would look at it as though, you know, Warren Buffett were doing it. What this does is by having heroes, you tap into a tremendous source of raw genius. See, they do more than they, they do more than inspire us. Heroes make things look easy compared to how we look at things is very, very difficult. See, making it look easy convinces us that we want to be just like them. See, because you can actually say and say, hey, if they could do it, I could do it. So that's what it comes to investing. Too many people make it sound hard. Instead, find heroes that make it easy. That's what happens when it comes to personal development. A lot of people would say, well, I'm not exactly sure what area of my life I need to work on. Okay, find people who are genius at it. Guys, I want to give you an amazing and um, I'm talking about a raw, a raw and amazing little, little thing that Mira Butler had told me. She said, Arsenio, who do you look up to? And this was on the second day of the transformation program. I said, okay, uh, Martin Luther King. Okay, Muhammad Ali. Okay, why, are, why do they have the attributes? And I went over everything. She's like, Arsenio. So let me give you an example. Let me repeat what you just told me. When you see a Caucasian man... In Thailand, with a girl, you automatically, with a Thai girl, specifically Thai girl, you automatically call her a prostitute. Why? Because that makes you feel better, and then you look at him and say, Psh, easy for you, bet you can't do that in South America, because that is your victim talk that was speaking. But does everyone else do this? Okay, now let's put you into the, into the, 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 the shoes of the superhero, Martin Luther King. Imagine Martin Luther King walking down these streets right now. And he saw a Caucasian woman, or a Caucasian woman, a Caucasian man, and somebody completely different. Would he be angry, or would he applaud them? Ooh, let down the guys listen to what I'm saying. He had a dream. Martin Luther King had a dream. He said, I have a dream that one day black children and white children will walk in the same schools, in the same halls together. And they will sit in the same classroom together. And they will converse amongst themselves. No more color. He had that dream. A lot of people just completely throw that I have a dream speech right out the window. But you know what? That's the most powerful speech in all of American history. That was the one that left shockwaves. Fuck all those war generals. I don't give a shit about those assholes. I'm talking about a man that was fighting for the rights of colored people in America. Guys, you saw what happened in apartheid. See, that's what Nelson Mandela came in. Now, again, a lot of people will say, oh, but he was ahead of this and that. Again, who says that? You see what I mean? Nonetheless, if we just strip all that back, that was a man that had a dream. I'm over here angry. But I, I was suffering 
from the same cynicism, from the same racism that those that the Caucasians that were born in the 1900s, the 1910s, 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, I was suffering from that same racism until Mira Butler told me. If you were Martin Luther King and you saw two people of complete opposite sides of the spectrum walking down the street holding hands, if you were the king, you would applaud them. Why? Because his dream had come true. But Arsenio, you're suffering from that disease. Why? Because it would be all good if it was two foreigners walking down the street. Together, It would be good if it was two Thai people walking down the street together. But the moment it was two opposites, you have that same disease they got. I went through that inner conflict therapy later on that night. Never again did that ever happen to me. I no longer see life like that. I saw life through the lens of the most racially infested human beings that have ever graced this planet. And I was suffering from that. So when she told me that, I said, okay, let me find out some other heroes. Les Brown. Les Brown was actually, he was, he was a a, a policeman was approaching him at one time. Um, at one point, this had to be probably back in the sixties. And the next, you know, his mom came over and she started welling on his ass, welling me, beating the shit out of him, hitting him hard. And he's like, mommy, stop, mommy, stop. And the policeman looked, he laughed and he said, yeah, beat that nigga up. And the mom started crying after he left. She said, hey, if I didn't beat you, he would have killed you right here. You cannot drink from this fountain. This fountain says white. That one says black. Les Brown, he doesn't hold that that hate, that resent in 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 his body and domain. He learned to forgive. See, you got to take the qualities of some of the greatest people out there. See, Napoleon Hill, not Dale Carnegie's one. Boy, I started worrying about a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? Because, boy, of course, had to pay rent, got to pay this big visa, pay this, pay that. I'm like, oh, my God, okay. Well, I mean, I know something's going to come up because I know I'm good for what I'm good for. You know what I'm saying? But then I started listening to Dale Carnegie's How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. He said, if you are worried right now, what would you do? I listed all these things out exactly the way Dale Carnegie did it. Dale Carnegie did it. Back in the 1940s, 1950s. And guess what? I handled a situation just as Dale Carnegie would. If you think of anyone else in any respective field, I'm talking about in the field of personal development. Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty, again, Indian background from the UK, UK or whatever, not the UK, sorry, uh, the UK, all right, my G's and K's are jacked, um, but I would always say, you know what, I know Jay Shetty would get reprimanded if he had ever gone to the likes of China or Korea or maybe even parts of Japan. So let me put myself in his shoes. What would he do during that? He would show empathy. You see what I mean? These are personal qualities of so many heightened. And I'm talking about some of the greatest individuals, both past and present, that we've been able 
to embellow ourselves and like just immerse ourselves into their content. But we don't follow their laws. See, what you got to do, you got to model some of these folks. If you look at the trends right now, and if I look at what's happening right now, and I look at some of the podcasters, of course, I was just speaking about it, how Spotify just literally ripped one of the top YouTubers right off their platform. And I said, damn, okay, how would YouTube feel right now? How would they be thinking? How are all the investors on Wall Street thinking about different, you, you know, not only that, but everything else? If I look at some of the things that are being sold on the Thailand Stock Exchange right now, I said, man, what, is, what would my executive students be doing right now? One of them just dropped off two, two, big, pack, uh, two big packs, uh, 10 kilograms worth of soil uh, for my birthday present and a couple of other things. Bless his heart. Kuntana. And I'm like, what would he be doing right now? Would he be playing it safe or would he be doing this? I put myself into his shoes because it makes me easier to think things through. You see what I mean? See, if I ever end up enduring, you know, going, uh, stepping into one of those very unfortunate situations, if I have to go through Hong Kong airport again for whatever reason and I get stopped and he's like, hey, passport. See, going back to the old Arsenio, what would I do? I would get extremely defensive and say, what the hell are you asking my passport for? Go Eddie Murphy on him. But then I would just show empathy. Why is it that he thinks that way? And what would Martin Luther King do in this case? Excuse me, with all due respect, excuse me, is there a reason to why you're stopping me? Okay, just want to know the fact. Just want to know the real fact. Ask a couple of other questions, and by all means, he is not in control of me, and I will not allow that figure to be in control of me. But two years ago, he was. Boy, I went to my hotel mad as hell. Hell, I even got into the hotel, walked straight up to the concierge. I didn't even get a hello. He said, uh, the, the, the rooms are booked. And I said, excuse me, I booked a room here. I left them a one star on just about every goddamn platform when I left. They were calling my room like the last few days, just kept calling and said, do you want your room clean? I'm like, no, because you fuckers didn't want to bring me water. Do you want your room clean? They just kept calling me. I'm like, no, I do not want my motherfucking room clean. You bitches didn't want to clean my room. You guys, I called the motherfuckers for water. I said, can I get a couple bottles of water? They said, oh, we're going to give you water when we clean your, when we uh, uh, clean up your room. I said, you sons of bitches. Fuck all y'all. When I left, I put click and I gave all y'all one stars. But anyways, that was two years ago. But I don't do that anymore. I think things through. I would go over there and ask some questions. I'd be like, excuse me, can I speak to someone else? She's not very helpful. No disrespect, but you're disrespecting me. You see what I mean, man? What would you do in your model's shoes? Make situations easier, not harder. And with that being said, figure out some models, people. People who you could put their shoes on and you could think completely different. That's what I want you to do. I'm your host, as always, over and out.